0: Hi there, and welcome to Chronically Jill, the podcast where I, Jillian Hagen, also known as the Fibro Rebel Online, will tell you all about my life with chronic illnesses, bring you more fun facts about fibromyalgia, and tell you the story of someone's day-to-day life with chronic illnesses. My pronouns are she, her. So this is a completely independent podcast, which I am recording by myself in my kitchen. So there will occasionally be barking or kids or something, and there's just not much I can do about it right now. So please try to understand. This podcast may, definitely, will contain explicit language, so be forewarned. As this is an independent podcast, I would love it if you supported me on Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes, ad-free content, merch, and more. If that's not something you're interested in, that's absolutely okay. I'm thankful for your support in just listening, sharing, and subscribing.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at Burrow.com slash ACAST. And now, more fun facts about fibromyalgia. Why is it that we have such a hard time regulating our body temperature? And why is it different for all of us? Some are more comfortable in the cold and others in heat. I know that I am personally way better off in the heat. I live in Canada, and from October to May, I'm basically uncomfortable 24-7. I always say that if there was somewhere warmer in Canada that I was able to live, I would be there in a second. Unfortunately, there isn't. Even last year when we had 47-degree weather, I was fine for the most part. Not in my house. Most of the time, at least, if we had AC going. It was okay, but there were parts in my house that were inhospitable at the time. I am going to throw in a reminder here that if you are on antidepressants like SSRIs or SNRIs, you are much more susceptible to the sun, so make sure that you are well hydrated and use lots of sunscreen. I'm also going to add that I am not a medical professional in any way, shape, or form, All of my information comes from research that I have done, my own personal experiences, the experiences of others that they have been kind enough to share with me, or doctors that I have talked to. Why is it that we have such a hard time regulating our temperature? Also, what do I mean by that? I mean that when we get cold, it's incredibly difficult to warm back up. Like we feel it in our bones and our soul. There's a window open in my house somewhere, and even though my temperature gauge reads 21, Canadian, not American, uh, my feet are freezing, and no matter how many socks I put on, they are staying that way, apparently. So thanks to the internet, I just found out that it's called temperature sensitivity. I always call it temperature regulation because of the lack of ability to regulate it, but we're going to go with what the internet says, because the internet is always right, obviously. That, that was sarcastic. Please don't believe most of what you read on the internet. But this, I, I believe, is accurate. <laughs> um, they don't know exactly what causes temperature sensitivity, but they believe that it's due to abnormalities in the autonom, auto, mm, autonomic nervous system, which deals with homeostasis, uh, keeping the body within normal ranges of temperature and other things. People with fibromyalgia tend to have a lower body temperature than what is considered normal, and we are also much more sensitive to hot or cold stimuli. Basically, we feel much, no, sorry. Basically, we feel pain in much less extreme situations than normal people. An example the internet gives is sunlight shining through a car window. To most people, it would feel mildly uncomfortable. To someone with fibro, it would feel just incredibly painful. Something I've uncovered in my research, which is just super interesting, is that people who don't feel pain at all, a super rare condition, can feel changes in temperature. This suggests that the same nerves that feel temperature are different from the ones that feel pain. This led doctors to discover that nerves that feel temperature are ones that they had previously thought only dealt with blood flow. They also discovered that those of us with fibro have extra of those nerves that sense tension temperature around our AV shunts now AV shunts allow us to adjust blood flow during temperature changes so basically that means that when our body is adjusting our blood flow to either send more or less blood whether we're cold or hot that that's why we feel pain associated with that or something to that extent Uh, it's a fairly new study and the only one of its kind so don't take this as the absolute truth but I thought it was interesting so I threw it in Temperature changes can be like a domino effect for us. If we get too hot or too cold, it can trigger migraines, musculoskeletal pain, and more. The best way to deal with it is to try to avoid the extremes. Which is absolutely ridiculous advice, because no one can do that. There's no magical place in the world that we can go live where it's always autumn or always springtime. And if there, if there is, can you tell me where it is so I can go? Please? Please? Um, I always like to have layers with me just in case we end up somewhere that isn't a comfortable temperature, like including bringing extra pairs of shoes and stuff like that. That's why my purse is usually so big. If you have any tips or tricks for temperature regulation, please come join our Facebook group. The link is in my link tree, which is linktree.com slash the Fibro Rebel. How many times did I just say link? Anyways, we also have a Facebook group now for this podcast. So come find us on Facebook at Chronically Jill Podcast. We would love to have you in either of those places. So now, without much further ado, I said that super awkwardly. I give you my interview with Betsy.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: So welcome. Uh, Elizabeth, do you, go, do you go by Elizabeth? I go by Betsy. Betsy? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, it's not a name you hear very often anymore, but I've always really liked it. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. So I'm glad I checked. So Betsy, how's your day been going so far?
3: Um, Not too bad. Um, Woke up really early because I didn't sleep well last night and took a little nap already. So <laughs> I've got one nap in for the day. <laughs> and are you on the East Coast somewhere? I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. Because
0: I'm, I'm on the West Coast and it's 830 in the morning and I'm like, it's I could already take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <yep. laughs> That's just kind of how I feel all the time. Okay. So you have fibromyalgia. I do. And do you have anything else that goes along with it or just fibro? I have, um,
3: IBS. I have, um, uh, treatment resistant depression. I have, uh, generalized anxiety. All sorts of fun stuff.
0: Yeah. I, all the things that come along with chronic illnesses, right? Yeah. Uh, the IBS is the worst for me personally. Right? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I had an attack at three in the morning last night and our, my poor husband, his bed is very close to our bathroom or his side of the bed is very close to our bathroom. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's like, dying? <laughs> like, I think so. <laughs> so how long have you been diagnosed for
3: I've been diagnosed for about five years um but it's been a long journey of getting that diagnosis so I'm probably more like 11 or 12 years with fibromyalgia
0: yeah Uh, tell me a bit about the diagnosis process and why it took so long
3: um first of all most of the doctors are just thinking, oh, well, go to a chiropractor, or, you know, we'll send you just some physical therapy and see if maybe that helps your pain. Or, you know, and, and it's, it, I did finally get a doctor that said, you know, hey, here's the deal. I can't solve the world's problems, but I think you might have something called fibromyalgia. And she sent me to a pain doctor and they went through all of the pressure points and everything or the trigger points. And I matched on pretty much all of them. So they deducted at that time that I did have fibromyalgia. Okay.
0: And was it just the, like you just saw the pain doctor, you didn't go to a rheumatologist or anything?
3: No. Okay. No, I didn't.
0: Yeah. Neither did I. I just I know I'm waiting for one right now, but there, it takes so Even long. far between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you're in the states, so the healthcare system's pretty different out there. Yes, and it is here in Canada. So what's that? What's it like navigating that with a chronic illness?
3: Well, first off, my my doctor that I have really loved that you know, got me into the point where I was diagnosed as she retired. And so I had to get a new doctor my new doctor doesn't necessarily believe that fibromyalgia is a thing. So we're kind of back to square one almost. And I have asked to see a rheumatologist and getting a referral for that has been just, it's, it's just like, Ridiculous. That must be so frustrating.
0: Like, yeah. I know I've talked to, I, I went, I was in the hospital once, and I, a doctor said that he didn't believe in fibromyalgia. And, and, like, you know, like, that's okay, but I have something. And I personally think it's going to go one way or the other. They're either going to figure out that it's real, that they know that it's real, and that we're going to be able to get better treatment for it. Or they're going to be like, oh, look at this new information we learned. It's actually fibromyalgia isn't the thing. It's all part of this. And then we'll get better treatment because that's how science works. Like they are not always right about everything. They can change like new information changes stuff. But right now it's real. It just, it bugs me that they don't accept that there are bad things going on
3: with us just because they don't believe in it. Right, right maybe if it had some other name or some other, you know, something, maybe it would be more, you know, normalized. I don't know, but it's not like fibromyalgia is brand new either. So, you know, there's lots of people that have it and how about we just agree that it's a thing and help the people that it, you know, are suffering with it. Yeah. Or, don't believe in it, but understand that we still
0: feel what we feel and treat us for what we are feeling, because yeah. like I don't feel like crap every day for no reason.
3: <laughs> right. Right?
0: Exactly. So tell me about your day to day life. Like
3: what's a good day? What's a bad day? Well, right now, I'm in the middle of a flare. So it's been bad days upon bad days upon bad days. Um, so it's usually, I've been waking up every two hours during the night because I can't sleep because of the pain, trying to get readjusted and comfortable, um, get up and I'm up for a little while and then realize I'm just absolutely exhausted and take a nap and sleep for maybe an hour and a half or two hours and then get back up and try to eat something and hope that it. I don't have to run to the bathroom. and. It's just like day-long napping and trying to just function. Um, I do have brain fog really bad right now. So last night I made some dinner and left the oven on until I went to bed and realized that, well, what is that smell coming from the kitchen? And it's been, you know, hours that I left the oven on and I'm like, this is not good. um but a good day is a good day would be you know I can get up I can do some yoga I can um you know go to work um I have a semi-sedentary job so it you know it's not that big of a problem but yeah it just but going to work does exhaust me as well too so
0: oh yeah for sure Thank yeah you even if you're in a chair all day, you're still, your brain's working. Right, right. People don't understand that, you know, if you have chronic illnesses or anything, sitting in a chair all day is hard. Yeah.
3: Like it shouldn't
0: be, but it it is, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah,
3: exactly.
0: Okay. So what do your flares look like? Like, like when you get them, do you get migraines, the skin stuff, just pain? Um,
3: Mostly it's just, it's kind of pain everywhere. I usually do wind up getting some sort of a migraine in the middle of it. Um, Hopefully I can usually try to fend those off a little bit, Um, but I I deal with a lot of things like I don't want materials touching me at all um, because my skin is so sensitive. I'm hypersensitive to sense when I am in a flare. Um, I have a wax warmer in my living room and I, even when it's off, the smell of it when I'm in the flare is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, it's things like that. I,
0: the, I totally feel the clothing thing. Oh yeah. There's so many of like just clothes that I have that I can't wear anymore just because they have seams that are uncomfortable or tags in the wrong place or they're the wrong material, but right mostly on my shoulders for me. So I like draws yeah. or like when, like this shirt has a seam right here and it's not super uncomfortable, but I can feel it. And I know if I was in a flare, it
3: wouldn't be good. Uh, so do you take any medication for your fibro or? I don't. I don't. They tried me on some different medications, but the side effects were so bad that I wasn't able to continue with them or either the side effects were bad or they just didn't work for me.
0: Uh, If you don't mind me asking what ones did you try or if you do
3: remember? Um, we, I tried gabapentin, which just, they kept increasing the dose and increasing the dose and increasing the dose, and and it wasn't working. Um, we did try Lyrica, which Lyrica, I wound up getting my legs and hands swelled up like balloons so even though it felt like it was working it was causing side effects that were not good so um we kind of branched off of that um some of the other ones that we could have tried were the the antidepressant ones but because i've had such a hard time with my depression getting medication that works for me we didn't want to take me off of my head meds just to try to fix the fibro. So yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. I know how hard it is to switch up antidepressants and stuff like that. And it's, it really messes with you for a bit. So if you can, if you're, if you're on a good regimen, then it's exactly, you don't want to mess with it. Um, you said that you you said that you worked. So is is that something that
3: you do part-time or full-time or I do part-time work. I work at a homeless shelter. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And it's a it's a family homeless shelter where we're actually moving to a new shelter. Uh, they built a larger one that can house um females, single females, single males, and families to, all together. Um and so right now we're kind of in the process of getting stuff moved. Um, but I work like 24 hours a week cause that's about all I can handle. I mean, it's, it's emotionally draining more so than physically draining, but either way it, it does affect, it does affect me fibromyalgia wise and just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: my husband works with adults who have conditions where they can't live alone and they need 24-hour care and I know how like just emotionally draining that is on him and oh,
2: yeah
0: he's fully abled and all that stuff and right, right. Just, I I couldn't do it I it would break me so you're incredibly strong and thank you for doing that work because it's so necessary and I think so many people just either don't think about it or try not to think about it.
3: Right. Well, and the thing is, is we don't, we're not just a shelter where people just drop in and hang out and go home, you know, go wherever they're going to go. We, we do like a 90 day program with the clients and help them find housing, get resources, mental health resources, et cetera. And we make sure they're going to be on their feet before we put them out the door. So it's really, it's really a cool thing.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Like really amazing. Yeah. And like, were you doing 40 hours a week before or, and you had to go
3: down or is it just kind of always been a part-time? Um, when I, well, previous, the last couple jobs that I've had have been part-time. Um, prior to that, I was working full-time, but, um, I wound up leaving that job, the full time job, partially because I couldn't handle it physically anymore. And the other part was there. I have a I have a weird food allergy. I, I have a, <laughs> a airborne allergy to tomatoes. So if somebody heats tomatoes up, I can go into anaphylactic shock. And people were heating up tomatoes at work and I was having reactions almost on the daily. So I wound up finding new employment where they would accommodate that.
0: I've never, I didn't know you could have like airborne allergies to food. That's kind of terrifying. It is. It is very. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad you found a job that accommodates that. I can't imagine that one wouldn't.
3: No, You'd be surprised. Because tomato is such an odd one. So, you know, if it was a peanut allergy, it would be more common. But because I have this odd thing, you know, it's, oh, really? You have that? (laughs) It's just like fibromyalgia all over again.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, is that your only like food thing or have you have has have you been suggested to like go
3: off gluten or do the autoimmune diet or anything like that with doctors yeah. I've done the whole gamut I've been oh, off yeah. milk wheat soybean you know I'm allergic to soybeans I'm allergic to um kiwi fruit grapes shellfish walnuts you know just a bunch of stuff and then environmental allergies as well so Anytime I get a flare-up of my allergies, sometimes that also can cause a flare-up with my fibro as well, which is crazy, but it happens. It's all connected,
0: right? When something goes wrong, you're just, your body's like, ha no, everything. I'm going to make everything go wrong for you now.
3: <laughs> right,
0: right. Did any of them work for you? Like the diets or anything that they tried yeah. to put you on? No, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, no, nothing. I mean, I just stay away from the stuff that I know that I have reactions to and hope for the best. Yeah, I've talked to so many
0: people and like the autoimmune diets and the cutting out gluten and all that they work really well for some people and I just not me, I don't think I could do it even if it worked. I like food. I like food a lot.
3: Yeah, but- <laughs> I'm like bread, so there's a problem yeah. with that. I, the gluten one would be a real big issue with me. <laughs> yeah,
0: same. Same with sugar. Like I don't even eat that much sugar, but I like having like a chocolate bar or something sometimes, and I would be really sad if I couldn't do that anymore. Absolutely. So, what's your um, what's your home life like? Like, are you, are you married? Kids?
3: Nope, I'm single with three cats, yeah. and um. I, my mom lives next door to me, so it's, we kind of have like this family property where on the 17 acres, it's my mom, my brother, and his wife, and myself, and um, there's a lot of outside stuff that has to get done, and because we kind of live in the country, and so my mom and brother come and help me a lot with things. Um. yeah but yeah it's just me and my three kitties I have three cats too I love
0: cats I do too and dogs I have two dogs somewhere too and <laughs> four kids it's busy. we have a busy house it's it's nice when the kids are all in school it's like quiet in here right now and none of my animals are fighting but that's so cool living out in the country though do you love it I love it. Absolutely. I would. We're in the middle of like suburbia and I do not like it. Not a fan, but it's nice.
3: We're by the well, forest, but. Yeah. When the trees sprout their leaves in the springtime, um, you can't see my house from the highway. So it's like it, I'm kind of enclosed in a tree jungle here
0: <laughs> oh that's so nice that's like my dream but you're like so solely I mean obviously you live on your own but you're okay living on your own with like I oh my brain my brain just went to mush like you feel like you're supported enough you don't you're functioning on your own that sounds so bad I can't ask yeah, no
3: no I'm, <laughs> oh, I mean I feel like I can function on my own most of the time I mean, there are things that I need help with, and there are things that I have adapted into my house. Like, I felt really bad getting a shower seat, but I got a shower seat, and it makes showering so much easier. You know, I can cook and uh, clean. (laughs) Who who likes cleaning? Um, But I usually get some help with Like on some days, my mom will just come over and she'll just be like, what do you need help with? Do you need help with taking your garbage down to the curb or, you know, whatever. And it's really helpful. It's really, really helpful. And I, you know, if I didn't have that, I could still do stuff, but it wouldn't get done as quickly. Like I couldn't
0: function on my own without any help so like I wasn't trying to be rude or anything with that oh, no. it just kind of came out weird um, no, I totally get it yeah we have like thankfully I have my kids are all old enough to do chores so they help out a lot and we have cleaners that come once a month and they do all the floors all like the scrubbing of the bathrooms and everything that I just can't do most of the time so that's really helpful yeah
3: but right my mom loves to come and vacuum my house for me. So I'm like you can vacuum. I, I can sit. I have a stool that I sit at when I wash the dishes. And so that works out, but vacuuming is a big chore for me.
0: Yeah. I can't vacuum. I can't mop or anything. I get dizzy. Yeah. Every once in a while, like it's okay, but I can't do it regularly. It's right. just, it's too much. Same with well, like, like I said, we have four kids and the laundry just piles up all the time. And I did yesterday and today I just, I've done like 10 loads of laundry just cause I had like an okay day and I needed to get done. And, but, and then it'll be good for like a couple of weeks and then it'll start piling up again. Yep, exactly. And my I'm trying to get, my husband's mostly okay with my weird rhythms when it comes to housework because mm-hmm. it'll be like really good for a little bit and it'll be really down and it's he's understanding but it's hard yeah hard on anyone um sue so, oh uh, sorry I completely, I have a list of questions and I, it disappeared off my phone. Um, so what advice would you have for anyone who's either just starting the diagnosis
3: process or who has just been newly diagnosed? I would say first off is be gentle with yourself and know that not every day is going to be, you know, it's a, it's a, marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, slow and steady wins the race sort of thing and get yourself some good heat packs that you can microwave and put on your shoulders. Just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You know, the dishes will be there tomorrow. The floors will still be there tomorrow. You know, you can't do everything in one day and just advocate for yourself when it, comes to um, getting diagnosed and write down things like where you're hurting, what symptoms you're having, and take that with you to every doctor's appointment. So you can reiterate to them, this is what's going on. Yeah.
0: I love that advice. I tell so many people that because It's so different saying, oh, you know, my, I have headaches, I'm tired all the time, or where you actually go in like with a book and you say, this is what yesterday was. This is what today was and the day before and the day before. And it's something to look at, right?
3: It's more tangible. And there are apps where you can track your pain levels and everything too. So that's really, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Do you know the names of them?
3: Oh, I'm trying to think of the one that I use. It had an update and now it's not working very well anymore. So oh. if you look up pain tracker, okay, there's different pain scale tracker, manage my pain, symptom and mood tracker. Yeah. There's lots of different apps okay. when it comes to pain trackers.
0: That's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, I will... I'll look up some and I'll like link them in the show notes for this episode if anyone's interested because I didn't even know that was a thing it makes sense that it's a thing like there's period trackers and all sorts of things
3: right just never really considered to look (laughs) and some of them you can actually do like they actually have like the where on your body it's hurting you can mark off on a like a diagram and save it and then some of them even you can like print out the data and give it right to your doctor. Yeah, That would be so handy because yeah, I think
0: making your doctors really look and really make them understand exactly what every day is for you is important because I don't know. I just, I feel like doctors don't listen enough. Right. Like they, they don't really listen there. You're just another, oh, okay. Yeah. You're in pain here. Have some painkillers. Bye. Yeah. But they never really want to get down to what the real problem is. Exactly. Like I watch medical shows all the time. I love them like Gray's Anatomy. I- stuff. And, <laughs> but they're always like, someone goes into the hospital and they're like, oh, we don't know what's wrong with you, but we're going to keep you here until we find out exactly what's wrong. And we're gonna- <laughs> I'm like I've never had that
3: experience yeah no kidding I I (laughs) tell I tell my friends and family that I want house MD to be my doctor (laughs) yeah right (laughs)
0: like just because and for me now I've been I've had a fibromyalgia diagnosis for two years and now my doctor is oh you know it might be Ehlers-Danlos Either as well or instead of. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> so now I'm waiting for a rheumatologist, but I could have been on that waiting list two years ago when right. she, but I don't know. Uh, so, what advice would you have for like a caretaker, someone whose partner or someone they love or child or whatever, anyone is diagnosed with a chronic
3: illness? I would say, someone that's a caretaker um be patient is is an important thing and to understand that um sometimes even little things are hard for us to do so you know even just the little things that you can do to help out are amazing my cat's hopping up behind me
0: you know, all my animals disappear whenever I'm on my computer. Sorry. So being patient,
3: being patient is probably, I would say, you know, being patient and just help with what you can, you know, I mean, doing things like, Hey, maybe you need to go rest for a while or, you know, reminding us that, Hey, you know, I know you're struggling and, you know, be communicative and can, is there anything I can help you with that would make you feel better?
0: Yeah. I love that advice. Um, I need, I often need to be told to stop and rest. Yeah. Yeah. I hate feeling, um, I hate feeling lazy because that's, how people made me feel most of my life before I was diagnosed. And then, you know, suddenly everyone about faces and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You've been dealing with that for so long. And I'm like, you called me lazy two weeks ago.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But
0: thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so you have, you struggle with like anxiety and depression too. Do you, do you have
3: any like little things that help you through the day or um, I make time during the day to do like deep breathing exercises. Um, and that is extremely helpful, especially with my anxiety, with my depression. I, I have to get outside every day. I don't care how warm it is or how cool it is. I need to get out there and just breathe some fresh air because if I stay in the house that it just turns into here I am in my big cocoon and I can't leave and I'm just going to sit here and, and be sad and, you know, seeing some birds outside or, you know, <laughs> getting some fresh air definitely does help.
0: Yeah. And do you struggle with like making yourself go outside ever?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I struggle with suicidal ideation, like on the daily. So you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, well, when I'm in a flare, it even gets worse because then I'm like, oh, I'm in pain, so maybe I should just, you know, yep. make it all end. No, oh, gosh, no. <laughs> oh, I feel that.
0: <laughs> Those intrusive thoughts—they're worse. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that too. And I'm, I, I've been like six months on a really good, uh, like anxiety and depression meds and they've been really good for me, but they still, it still doesn't fully go away. Oh no. Like, Uh, so this is, um, I've had people that are, that really struggle with answering this question, but has having like fibromyalgia or chronic illnesses or anything, has it brought anything good to your life or positive?
3: I think it's given me more patience. It's made me focus more on self-care for myself, which I'm one of these people that wants to do for everybody and help everybody. And it's made me um, make myself more of a priority, which has never been my entire life sort of thing. So um, I'm always helping everybody out and Now I help myself out a little bit and, and more gentle with myself. So I think that's, that's one of the, the big things plus yoga. Um, yoga is a really good thing that I've found even gentle yoga for fibromyalgia is helpful. So
0: that's really cool. I love yoga, but I never do it. Yeah. Every time I do it, I'm like, Oh, I feel so good but I just, I never do it. And it dry. I hate it. I have that like brain, like the executive dysfunction or whatever, where it is where I want to do it, but I can't. And right. Yep. But, it's, but it's just a, yeah. Yoga is so good. Okay. Um, sorry. So you're in, you're in Wisconsin. It gets pretty cold there. Do you find that the cold affects your more? the
3: hot this month has affected <laughs> um we've gone from like almost 80 degrees one day to 40 the next day um rain snow anytime the barometric pressure changes it seems like it can throw me into a flare I've pretty much been in the flare the whole month of April um it it's just not it the inconsistencies with the weather now in the summertime when it's warm I feel better, but I can't stand the heat. So it's kind of like a, you know, great. I feel a little bit better, but I'm sweating my butt off. You know, I don't like that either. And if it's more consistent, like in the wintertime too, um, but going from inside to outside, inside to outside, that also affects it too. Um, yeah, so weather definitely definitely plays a big part.
0: Yeah, the barum yeah, barometric pressure is the this- it's here right now. It's, it snowed a little yesterday, the day before it was, um, well, 19 degrees, but that's pretty warm here. I, I, I struggle with the Canadian to American right, right. translation, but, um, but yeah, it's been snowing. It's been hot. Like we were wearing shorts and tank tops and then it's cold again today and rainy and it's just everywhere. I, yep. the springtime kills me. Mm-hmm. But, absolutely but i it gets it gets really cold where you are though doesn't it like really cold yeah it gets okay. really
3: cold
0: <laughs> yeah i couldn't do that yeah that would no not not happening um
3: and just before we end do you have anything that you want to add when you're on your fiber journey just hang in there and know that eventually eventually you'll be believed Someone will, you know, help you out, and that there are other people that are there, so you're not alone.
0: Yeah, never stop fighting for a diagnosis because everyone deserves one. Absolutely. Okay, well, I had a really nice time talking to you today. It was nice talking to you too. Yeah, I want to really thank you for coming on. Thank you. Just again. Really huge thanks to Betsy for talking with me today. I cannot imagine living in Wisconsin and dealing with those winters, so good on you. (laughs) And if being on the podcast is something that you would be interested in, please go to chronicallyjill.ca and fill out the form. And once again, this is an independent podcast, which I am recording, editing, and doing everything myself. So if you would like to show your support, you can head on over to my Patreon and for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes, ad-free content, merch and a lot more. And if that's not something you're interested in, just listening, subscribing, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and sharing is awesome. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you are all having a fantastic week. Lots of love and gentle hugs.